Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, a Radio Newark sports special with quite simply the greatest sportsman this town has ever produced. William Henry Dusty Hare played football at Station Road, cricket at Dalefield and Trent Bridge. He attended the Magnus Grammar School and scored 7,337 points in first-class rugby in a career spanning Newark, Nottingham, Leicester, England and the British Lions. He's now back at Leicester working on recruitment and player development but still likes a good match day at Kellam Road. And he's got an opinion on the new clubhouse. Mm. Tonight, though, he's at Sport HQ as we talk to the great man himself. So I think we'll stick with Dusty because the whole world knows him as Dusty. We won't do the William Henry bit. That's... um, that's the posh title. <laughs> so, um, welcome to Radio Newark and to Radio Newark Sport to Dusty Hare. Ah, good evening, Newark Radio. <laughs> it's um, wonderful to see you. Um, oh dear, the mics are playing up. Can you swap mics, yeah. please? Yeah, and then we're going to be right. Swap, s- just swap seats, gentlemen. Okay. It's so much easier. <laughs> we're just um, playing playing at musical chairs at the, at the moment while Dusty gets settled, and I can listen to Dusty and not Tony. Oh, yeah. That's much better. <coughs> right, Dusty. Right, is that better? That's so yeah. much better, so much better. Um, Good. Welcome. Welcome to welcome. Radio Newark Sport. Yes. Um, a career spanning an awful long way from the football fields of Station Road via Dalefield to uh, to New Zealand and the British Lions, and we've got to get all through this in an hour. Um, so let's get straight on with it. Um, I'm I'm giving Newark all the credit, but really you're a Collingham, a Collingham lad. Um Early days playing football for Collingham and cricket at, uh, I think what we both agreed before the, sh- the show started, the best ground in the county. Yeah, well, besides Trent Bridge. Yes, but, yes. Um, yeah, it was the, uh, it was the best, uh, best ground, beautiful ground. Uh, it was very enjoyable playing there. Uh, some good, good players have played there and, uh, and uh, you know, they've had a good history uh, as a club and it was um, especially... Uh, in the latter years that I played, when we were playing in the uh, in the well, well, it was the Knots Alliance um, in the top division, and uh, it was uh, we, we it was very enjoyable cricket. Can you remember the um, days of football for Collingham? I mean, it's yeah, I used to play in Tangerine. <laughs> they still do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they still do. Good. No, I, I played while I stood at school um, at, at Collingham. Uh, and I obviously knew one or two of the lads, um, and I knew Jerry Williams. And I, look, I played any sport I could get playing. Yeah, that was, uh, that was me in those days. Was, was it, it Collingham sport? School that you went? 
No, no, I was know. here at Newark Magnus when I was playing. Be- the- I'm yeah. going back further than that. No, 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 we didn't. You didn't have junior football no. at that age. So you didn't stop sport until you went. No, no, there was no ju- there was no sort of like under 18s or anything like that. You played in in one of the sides, Collingham sides, and uh, so did, I played. Did football come and go fairly quickly. Well, it had to because um, you, you know <laughs> I was playing Sunday football in the Newark district and playing rugby on a Saturday. Um, yeah, they would frown on that nowadays, but uh, I loved it. And um, and I had one... I played at Collingham, and then I came, and uh, there were a lot, there's, a, there's a few colleagues here in, in Newark will will uh, know. I played for a side called Tudors, and we got off to an excellent start of the season. I think we won seven of the first seven games unbeaten, and then I think we lost the next, uh, next nine or 11 or whatever, and, <laughs> yeah, we had a, a bit of a... A team issue during the season, so uh, it uh, it spoiled it spoiled the season. But uh, no, the New York Sunday football was uh, was good. It was, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was tough, and of course, Tudors was one of the big sides of the time as well. Well, it wasn't was, it? but yeah. then it folded. That yeah. was the last the last year it folded, and then I went back and we set up a team at South Clifton on a Sunday, um, where there was about fourteen of us uh, were involved, and so. Of course, if it was four injured, we've only got ten. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was good playing Sunday football, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Once you'd got to the Magnus, in those days, of course, Magnus was a rugby school, wasn't it? Very much a rugby school, and I, I look forward to playing rugby. My father played rugby for Southwell or Southall, whatever anybody wants to call it. Um, we had that debate with the Southwell chairman last week, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> No, so my my mother's a Mary, uh, uh, she's a, a subtle girl, and um, and my father was a farmed at Upton, um, and then and then he moved to South Clifton. So um, um, so I was here really this Newark side, and uh, obviously going to the Magnus um, was big rugby playing school, and I was I was really looking forward to playing rugby, um, and which I I did with uh, with a lot of pleasure at, uh, at the Magnus. Did the your position in rugby become? You know, was you the fullback from day one, or, or was that the change? No, no, I was a fly half at school, right? And I was a fly half when I went to play for Newark. Uh, it was only when I moved to Nottingham that I went to fullback. Although I got glandular fever in my last year at school, um, we was in the Nottinghamshire Cup final, but I'd had glandular fever. Uh, not a big bout of it, but I'd been off for a few, quite a few weeks, and um, and the scrum half and fly half were going well, and uh, our rugby master, a uh, very good rugby master at um, at um, at the Magnus, was a guy called Roy Scott. Um, but I'm, I'm going to name him. We had in our year, we had him for two years. We had a very good rugby master in called David Hold. And uh, we were near enough unbeaten as under-15s, under-16s in in schoolboy rugby. And uh, he was a a great coach. And so we had quite a few of those uh, lads at that my age um, uh, went on and played at uh, a high level. Um, But Roy Scott, who was being a rugby master for a long time at uh, at the Magnus, and uh, he he put me at full-back when I came back off my glandular fever, so I had one game, and I can remember it very clearly. Played at Mount St Mary's, just below Sheffield, uh, and then we played a final against the uh, Manor School, uh, Mansfield Woodhouse, 
um, which I played at fullback, and and he and he proved it was proved right. But when I left school, I went to Newark and played fly half, and I played for the three counties that year at fly half at seventeen years of age. Is it folklore then that you've spent? Hour after hour, kicking the ball between two telegraph posts. It went between two telegraph poles. It was just at one pole. Right. <laughs> one pole that was in the paddock in the field. It wasn't the. I won't call it uh, Wembley after <laughs> the paddock, but uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was kicking. No, look, I wanted to be the best, and that's you know you you talk to professionals now, and they they want to be the best. You have to work hard yes. to be where you are, and it's uh, you know I put a lot of hours in to be uh, uh, be the goal kicker. When did the connection then work between the magnus and into newark now well let's just get we'll just get <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit complicated this story because i left school to be a professional cricketer and not a rugby player so i finished school a year early to go to to be a, uh, on the staff at Notts cricket um and rugby was just like a hobby just like the football was and um so i had six years at trent bridge uh, as a cricketer um and didn't make uh, i was a good cricketer but didn't make the grade at that level and during that time in 1974 i'd got uh, capped for england at rugby union and i knew that that was my, that was my pathway so that's i i packed up cricket professionally and uh, concentrated on my rugby let's let, let's jump back then as we'll probably keep on on doing that yeah well it's a hectic (laughs) (laughs) um where did dalefield come into the reckoning uh dalefield again my father played cricket there um cricket there so i was always down there as um as a a young lad Uh, i I love my cricket and um they they had at the time when i was only like 13 14 there's a, a great cricketer who's captain and that and he's a bloke called hubert cherry downs and he coached me um at, at, uh, at there and um you know that that helped enormously also had the great chris grant coaching me at at uh, at the manure magnus well, that, so, that, that will get his lordship here sort of um that, so you yeah. can't you couldn't go wrong really no. with, uh, <laughs> with 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 such good people helping you to be uh, a, a, a good player how long was you with Collingham for then? Well, near enough all my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I I made my debut for the when I was uh, for the second team when I was about thirteen, and played up until I was fifty something. I don't know what it was, but um, yeah. So there is nothing quite like a Saturday <laughs> afternoon or a Saturday evening strolling around Delfield watching cricket. I, I just think it's just wonderful. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I do go down, I mean, it is just once a year at the present moment, um, I just go down and watch a, a game of cricket, um, I can't get over all the, uh, all the, all the clapping and hoop, hoop, hooping and hollering and that what there is nowadays, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's intriguing. Um, in, in your day, of course, in your day, you're not that old, but in your day, you didn't have helmets and all things like that either, did you? No, and when obviously when I ended my career, we had helmets. But uh, no, not when uh, you 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 had to you had to play with um, very much. Uh, you kept your eye on the ball. It, you, people concentrated as a batsman more in those days because they had to. If you if you got hit, it bloody well hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so and did you? I got hit a few times. 
you do fast bowlers are fast bowlers and um the collingham wicket was a fast bouncy one and that's and that's one of the reasons i got uh, i got uh, um in in, in Bridge because um uh, Reg Simpson had watched me play for the for not seconds, and I, I was a back foot player because I learned my cricket at, at Dale Field, and it was a ba- fast bouncy wicket, so you played on your back foot. And Reg Simpson, being a, a great opening batsman, was a back foot player, and he thought I was a bee's knees because I was a back foot player, and um, and, uh, and that's what you do. It just gives you a bit more time if a bowler is bowling fast at you to uh, to, to to see the ball. Couple of cricketing memories. Oh, there's so many, you know. Uh, I, you know, I mean, for me, I mean, we'd, I love playing in the Advertiser Cup, and we won that many a time. Collingham, we had, we had a good side, and it was enjoyable, enjoyable playing the Suddles and uh, and, the, and the Newarks and and that around. It was good. It was it was good cricket. I enjoyed it. Good evening cricket. Back to rugby, which obviously won the trio, didn't it? Between the three sports, um, it, it had to be rugby. So let's take it now to playing for newark yeah right well so i i turns turn up for uh pre-season training and um only because i've been playing cricket so i'm in the last weeks of august and um i so for my first game for newark um you know i was only 17 years of age i played for newark seconds and then the following week, uh, I got picked for the first team against uh, Norwich away. And that's when I sort of got really introduced to the guys, because Norwich away is on a bus. 17-year-old, I was dressed immaculately. My mother made sure that I was... <laughs> uh, I, I, I turned out. So I was wearing brown hush puppies, my grey flannels, my white shirt, my tie, my blazer. Out I went to the game at Norwich um we we lost the match and not not too bad but uh, so I enjoyed the game but then as a 17 year old and very naive I uh, I had to learn some of the basic uh, rug- rugby skills of after after match <laughs> function so um yes so there's all sorts of games and one thing or another but uh, so my I can't really tell you the story but my hush puppies became slush puppies by the end of the night and uh and so the Nyan club president uh, John Coles, uh, he's, uh, he has a lot to a lot to uh, to talk about what uh, about my first game for New York first. <laughs> I have to say though, he was my scrum half, and um, I know where the you know the Dam Buster Pass came out quite a few times. So I'm still I'm lucky to be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you remember that one, Tony. Tony, Tony um, <laughs> how long was you at New York then before Nottingham just one, knocking on the door? Just one season, but I mean, but it was that season that really made me. That you know, because yeah, I played for Notts Links and Derby uh, seniors. Um, I, I played for Notts Links and Derby Colts. Uh, we we won. It was the first time Notts Links and Derby Colts had won the uh, the Midlands uh, competition. Um, so I really got going um, at, at Newark. I thoroughly enjoyed my 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 uh, my year there. But you know, look, I, you know, I'd been picked for Notts Links and Derby. I need to go and play at a higher level. And so I went to Nottingham. Uh, Leicester were looking looking for me to go there. But with me playing cricket in in, in Nottingham in the summertime, 
and that and I I thought it was best that I played my rugby at Nottingham. I was only playing rugby at that as a, like a hobby. It wasn't <laughs> you know it was just a Saturday a winter a winter game in the uh, in, in you know keeping me interested in in sport really at that time. But but just things it, just moved on. It must have been dawning on everybody that rugby was going to be the sport because the progression you you was making in that, in that one season alone put you in the sort of natural category yeah i mean i played nottingham weren't and they didn't have a fixture list as strong as they have now or i mean in because in, in, i mean they they improved as a club dramatically but it was a good fixture list um and and i got noticed um so you, you know in those days rugby league guys were were knocking on your door to see if you'd turn to rugby league uh, but you've only got to see what their noses to know that that wasn't the sport for me oh <laughs> <laughs> So um, you know, talk about short arm tackling and around the face. That was uh, that was that was a done thing. So yeah, especially if I was a pretty young boy, you know, <laughs> in your hush puppies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, no. So um, I, you know, my rugby career got picked for the Midlands and things like that. So things England under twenty threes. You know, so I was getting I was getting recognised, um, and then when it I'd had um, four seasons at, at, at Nottingham. I started a season, and I I knew I knew during the summer that I should I I, I wasn't I wasn't being tested enough, and I needed to go. I needed to move, but Nottingham could see I was a bit uncomfortable when they made me vice captain. But it was wrong, and then I played for the Midlands and the North in October, beginning of October against Argentina. And uh, I knew that I needed to play better rugby, and so I moved to Leicester. And it was a bit, as particularly with me that I always do things when I feel that it's the right time. I was going to uh, say a lot, of, a lot of people didn't think it was the right time, but I did. You, so. you, 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 if you're going to succeed, <laughs> you, you've got to know in your own mind, and you already at a very young age. Because how old are you at this stage? Sixty-six. No, sorry. <laughs> at this stage, I'm 66. Okay, right. You're very young-looking, 66. How old are you at the stage of your career that we're talking about? Oh, 21. 21, 21 you, 22. You're already making game-changing decisions, aren't you? That, yeah. You know, I need to progress. Yeah. I, I, and, and sentiment is just cannot come into it. No, because you, you... Look, I, you, know, I, you know, people talk about loyalty. Loyalty is going out. Well... I don't think loyalty has anything to do with it. You know as a person when you need to move from one thing or another, you know, whether you, whether you, this thing about loyalty, you know, I, I just tend to think, well, if that chap needs to go or that lady needs to leave to whatever she wants to do to get to improve things, then you let her go because that's what it, uh, that's what sport's all about, to improve yourself. You say, thank you very much, remember us, and when you get an international shirt... It needs to go on that wall there. Yeah. That's what you Right, we're going to go for a quick break. Then we're going to catch it with Chris Hassel at the Jags Wheelchair Basketball. Then we're going to come back and talk to Dusty Leicester, because Leicester obviously moves very quickly on to England. OK, it's Thursday, and that's um, every now and again, every second week-ish, we catch it with Chris Hassel and the club of the year, the one and only Jaguars Wheelchair Basketball team. Chris, good evening. Um, what have you been up to? Good evening. Uh, it's, good, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, so up to lots and lots of uh, basketball, as you would expect. 
So um, it, our juniors come to the fore in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, I think the last time I spoke to you, uh, they were cl- they were closing on uh, qualifying for the uh, playoff finals, which is the sort of end of year uh, top eight teams in the country get together for a weekend to see who's going to win. Um, they've actually, because of how well they've done this year, they've actually been seeded one, which is good news because then that means that they play the team seeded eight and all the rest of it, as you, as you would normally expect. So uh, that's really, really exciting. Uh, so that happens in two weeks' time. Um, and then next week, we've got Women's League, uh, which is at the Wildcats Arena in Nottingham. So if anybody wants to see lots and lots of Women's League basketball, um, there'll be people from... GB level all the way down through uh, sort of three or four divisions all playing at the Wildcats Arena. So that's next weekend. Um, and then this weekend coming, we've got Jaguars 2 um, all the way to lovely Lancaster. Uh, so we are playing this Sunday there against a really good team. I think, Chris, the ladies game, the ladies tournament, is something that makes you feel so proud because it's another almost the final piece in the Jaguars jigsaw. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So, you know, the the women's leagues um, haven't been going for that long, you know, so women play with men in the, in the senior league, and that's just fine. And then a few years ago, I think it was three or four years ago, um, the national governing body set up, a, if you like, a number of tournaments. Uh, and at that particular point, we didn't really have enough ladies to take part in the team. Uh, but we're really pleased that um, this season we've had um, sort of six or seven players, you know, that were up to it um, and uh, have entered this year. And they've done really, really well. So they're playing in, in uh, I think, uh, League Division 3. So the three, three divisions, one, two and three. Uh, so because it was our first year, we're playing in National League Division 3. And they've won some and lost some. So that they've, you know, had some really good experiences. And, you know, it's their first year. So... Um, Quite a lot of them have got um, an awful lot of playing career ahead of them. So it's uh, you're absolutely right. Together with juniors, together with our senior teams, you know, obviously, you know, as a club, you want to encourage everybody to take part. And that's quite simply why you're Newcastle Sherwood's number one club. Simple as that. Absolutely. Chris, thank, <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much. That's all right. We'll catch up with you again too. very soon. You will. Thanks, Here Chris. Bye bye. Chris Hassel there with an update from the Jaguars and that moves us right on to a trip down the road from Nottingham to Leicester for, for Dusty and now is the time when I think everybody is realising there is a talent. Has cricket gone out the window? Yes. 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 Just playing club cricket at Collingham and um, yeah, gone to uh, gone to Leicester to concentrate on the rugby. We almost think of rugby as an amateur game, but now, now you're, you're in the professional game. You are <laughs> in the elite. How big a jump was that from Nottingham? No, well, in those days, it was still amateur in those days. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, Leicester's fixture list, I mean, was second to none. So you you played all the best Welsh sides, the best English sides, um, uh, Irish side. Uh, just you just played the best side. So every Saturday was a hard competitive match. And uh, it, it was fantastic. And, you know, we had a, a really good... So when I got there in 76, the side was just starting to develop. And then by 78, we got to the first cup final. Uh, we lost that, but then we won the next three. And <coughs> we're going to be celebrating. It's 40 years ago now. 
and we're celebrating the, those three cup wins uh, when uh, Leicester played Bristol at the end of April, which will be 40 years ago when we won the f- title for the first time. My my stat man tells me um, you played nearly 400 games yeah. um, for them and scored over 4,500 points in a side which would reach five cup finals in six years. Yeah. Lots of memories then, so Tony and I are just going to sit back while you tell us about it. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... You know, uh, you know, we have all this about concussion and our welfare, and I, it's, you, know, the, you know, I've just gone a bit hazy on all that. <laughs> um, no, I'd, look, it, it was fantastic times, fantastic times. Uh, we had a great set of boys, and uh, we loved playing rugby. We had a very good coach in Chalky White, and it's just one of those fortuitous things that we that came our way. And uh, you know, I've, I was very a classic. You have to be lucky to be when you know having such a good lot of players together but that 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 year those 40 years ago that put the foundation to the club where it is now because by the time we'd won the 82 final there was instead of having 600 members season ticket holders uh there was 6,000 so in that time in that amateur time and you know it was unheard of you know we were playing in front of uh you know, six ten thousand people um, in the in the amateur days at uh, at Leicester. So it was fantastic. And was it was it Welford Road in those days? Yes, Welford yeah. Road. It's still Welford Road now. Still there now. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was talk at one stage of moving, wasn't there? But then... Yeah, well, you know, with the professional era coming in and you need bigger stadia and things like that, it was sort of. I think there was talk about them. You know, the stadium at um, at Leicester being a football and a rugby stadium. But I think the football were wanting to be the dominant team, um, which they are just. Um, but you know, the, so the, the the fittings and everything was 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 for the foxes mm. uh, football. So it did that didn't suit the rugby people. So they stayed where they did. And there was a lot of tra- mm. there's an awful lot of tradition. When did um, England notice you? Or how did England notice you? Uh, well, England noticed me at, at Nottingham, so I got picked for England in 1974 against Wales, and I was in the side that won, the. it was the only English win against the Welsh, te- Welsh team in the 70s. So I thought I was, I was in it, that was the last match of the season in 74, and I thought, right, I've made it, <laughs> but the next year I wasn't even in the squad. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> And I, I, I definitely didn't uh, didn't sleep with his daughter. So, uh, <laughs> so, <coughs> so I, I got boot, no discussions about why I didn't get in or anything like that. And then I got back into the England team in 1978, in and out until um, till 1980, uh, and then I was I was in till uh, middle of 1981. Got dropped again. Uh, for one year, came back in 82, finished in 84. So, ma- amount of 25 proper caps. And, and, and then, well, if you if you look at the modern day, they get caps against Japan and things like that. I'd have had another 12 caps, but they weren't classed as, as full internationals. And so, you played the size like Tonga and Fiji and that. They weren't classed as, uh, as full, full professional, uh, full full cap games. So, I'd have I'd played 37 times for the England. So. And, of course, they play an awful lot more. Oh, they play a bucket full now. Yeah, yeah they play the six. Well, it was five nations when I played, so that was just four games. Um, you, you played just one game in the autumn, and uh, if you went away on in the summer, you only you know you'd only play one or two games. Now they have uh, um, 
the uh, Six Nations, that's five games. You know, they have four games in the autumn and then they'll go away on tour and play another three games. So they, they play a lot of internationals now. Just as an aside, are they playing too much rugby now? Uh, it's difficult. Uh, I, I, I think the international rugby, yes, um, because it, it takes the players away from the clubs um, too much. Um, you know, and uh, it, it's a cash flow into it. It's a you know, like the, the international clubs, countries can see that the, how much money they can make out of it, and that's the greed of professional sport. And um, you know, I mean, you look at what's the Twickenham, what how that Twickenham, how it's changed to the day I played there. I mean, it's just you know, it's an outstanding stadium now. You know, and they spent a fortune on that, but, um, you know, so it, things have changed dramatically. It worries both Tony and I, really, when we talk about, because we're talking about sport four nights a week and we talk rugby regularly with with Robin. If they, um, we'll get back to your career in a moment, but I love some opinions as well. Yeah. Um, if they bring in no relegation, no promotion to the Premiership, is that going to kill rugby outside the 12 top teams? Well, I think, of course it will, because it stops sides moving up. So somebody like Exeter, uh, years ago, wouldn't have been able to come into the uh, into the Premiership. And what I don't care if it's Leicester this year. If we're not good enough and we don't get enough points, we deserve to go down into the Championship. That's what, it, that's what it's about. You know, th at the moment, the, the Premiership has got... It, it, well, there's four sides at the present moment. It, 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 if those four sides get two wins, it drags two or three other clubs just above them in, back in into the relegation again. It's fantastic. Everybody's talking about it. But there's and, got to be a promotion and relegation scenario, hasn't there? Else, what do you play for? And well, I, I, I agree. But yeah, we have this. We've had these do-gooders now talking about the development of players. And I get sick of it. The only time you, the only thing you want to be talking about development is winning, because that's what you go out to play for. You know, I don't turn out to play cricket or tiddlywinks or darts or whatever. I want to win. That's my that's my attitude. Oh, you're making somebody's day here. Yeah. You really are making somebody's day. <laughs> well, that's I, I get fed up of all this about development. And development is is. is for me, I just I've been involved with with the academy rugby for years, and I go to these meetings and I listen to these people, <laughs> and I just go, well, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> the only thing you want to do is win and win. Like, so you're going to tell me that Saracens don't like winning? They're just doing it for the development of their players. You must be kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to um, the life and times of Duff to come. Really enjoying it. This, and we'll, we'll come back um, and get a few more opinions later on because I, I, I'm, as I say, I'm loving it. Um, my stat man again says I should mention two things when it comes to England to you, um, and I should start off with 1980. Well, 1980 was uh, was uh, was the year that England won the uh, Grand Slam for the first time for I don't know how many years. Uh, it was a fantastic fantastic season and we had a really good side for the first time the england selectors got it right because they got so the england selectors at rugby union got so much wrong in their time and they, you know if you lost a game they'd, 
they'd drop three or four players it didn't matter what but that's how they did things in those days um but that year um leicester were obviously doing very well and the north uh, especially the lancashire lads bill beaumont and and co uh, they were doing very well and so the, the the majority of the side came from those two sides so um and we went on and won the uh, grand slam it was fantastic and you had a bit of a reunion the other week well reunion <coughs> um sir billy beaumont now um, if I hadn't kicked that penalty against Wales, he wouldn't have been Sir Billy. <laughs> <coughs> and I take you, you we, we, we had a part. We had a party uh, up in uh, in Fylde. Yeah, uh, I can say that was on a Wednesday night. I probably um, sort of came back to normality by Saturday morning. <laughs> Good night then. Good night. Yeah, a lot and, of lot of people you knew and and colleagues and things like that. You know, you just. Look, they don't come round very often. Little, thi- little things like that, and um, y- you know, in this in this day and age, it's great to catch up with uh, some old muckers that you haven't seen for a long time. The points against Wales, then? Could you, you? you I mean, when it comes to pressure, one one man. I mean, I've seen it in Newark when it goes deathly quiet, and you look around as if to say, "It's me." It's got it, and it's but where you was at that time. Well, pressure let, must be nothing to Let me. me just tell you the scene. You know, now we talk. You look at arenas now and the stadiums and the pitches. The pitches are like bloody bowl, bowling greens. They are superb. Well, Twickenham was called the Cabbage Patch, <laughs> and it wasn't, and it, and rightly so because the pitch was terrible, really soft and and and, and terrible. So whenever. From a goal-kicking point of view, when you put your left foot down, it's just like a fast bowler in cricket um, or a tennis player playing a shot. You know, you need to get your core strength skills through the ball. Well, the, the pitch was that soft and, and, and loose that it was always a job to kick. So in that game against Wales, um, they scored two tries. And in those days, a try was only worth four points. But they had seven kicks at goal and missed all seven. And I had seven kicks at goal and got three, and one it being in the last last couple of minutes to win the match, and that was that that was the difference. I I I applied myself as well as I could on the pitch, which was which was an tr- atrocious try and kick from, but uh, that I did, and um, and we won the game nine eight, thrashed them. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to be forty years younger? No, I've done my life. I'm happy. Can't complain. So thoroughly you. enjoyed. Thoroughly enjoyed my career. Thoroughly enjoyed. It doesn't matter whether it was cricket at Collingham, football in in the Newark area, it, uh, Magnus Grammar School. I've thoroughly enjoyed my life. I wonder how many points you would have scored on a bowling green, though. Uh, it, yeah. Well, it could have been quite a few, but there you are. It, not to be. We don't ever know. Fast forward to 1983 and the game at Twickenham <laughs> against Scotland. I'll do this for Tony's benefit yeah. because he reckons he's Scottish. Um, <clears throat> it didn't quite go the way you would have liked it. No, it, uh, England played poorly. Um, at the, <laughs> I, I, I can't not the England selectors, but I will do because they picked <laughs> a dreadful side. And we, I mean, and and just just to put it. You know, it is the last time England have lost to Scotland in, at Twickenham, 1983. But 
but I hope that record stays. And I hope <laughs> I get the phone call every two years to sort of, oh, I'm still alive and talking about that game. I, I can remember, I, I think I goal kicked pretty well, but um, they scored two tries, I think, that... Um, that, that won them the game I couldn't tell you the score but it was something like 20 odd 15 or something like that I think I kicked five penalties something like that but in any sporting competition it's one against one it's uh... yeah it, but I have to say the Scottish team at that time they've never had a, such a good strong team Scotland they, they had some good players playing for them in in that era they had a really good side so credit credit to Scotland I will have to give the, credit to Scotland <laughs> and, and credit to the England selectors. There you are, Tony. Credit to Scotland <laughs> on this radio show. That's the first. <laughs> was that the highlight and the low light then? What we talked about of the England career? No, no. The low light against Scotland the following year <laughs> in '84 at uh, at um, up in Edinburgh um, at Murrayfield. Um, we started the season playing Scotland, and there was snow on the ground. We'd 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 had to train at Hibs football ground because it was a under soil heating ground so we we trained at a football ground before the game just um it was the only place you could because obviously you have to get up to scotland and then obviously you do your preparation um, but anyway, the preparation was poor on the day it was a cold miserable day rain was coming sideways and um it was we Scotland came out and just took the game, and I mean it was one of the, it was a muddy, messy game, and I had a disaster, absolute disaster. Worst game I played for England on that day. I couldn't hit a I couldn't hit the barn door. <laughs> I hit the post twice. I just got I was hopeless. It was <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, not one of my best days. But you yeah. that you have to take them as a sportsman. You're going to have ups and downs, and that was a real down for me. Well, and you know, and then the youngster that is is listening to this, that's exactly what you've got to accept in sports. Of course, and they, it is. And they, you, it's you, not going to go your way. Um, and what you do is uh, you uh, you don't pack up or give in. You come out of it and, and be stronger, and uh, and and go out the next day, next day, and or the next game, and and, and put it right. British Lions in New Zealand. Yes. Tell me about that tour. Well, uh, from a rugby point of view, and, I st- and, it, and which, what is still great, it's still the British players' desire is to put that Lions shirt on. And uh, and for me, uh, that w- that was the, the pinnacle of my career to get go and get picked for the Lions. Uh, I thought I was a bit unfortunate not to be picked in 1980 when they went to South Africa. Uh, you know, I played in a very successful England team, and uh, I thought I thought I might be in, but I wasn't. So I was disappointed with that. But then 1983 came along, and I was selected. Um, I didn't play in any Test matches because they picked um, Ollie, 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 whatever his name is, the fly half for um, Ireland, who was a kicker, and they picked Hugo and McNeil, who was a, a running fullback. So they they got their partnership. Um, that, that 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 was their first choice. Um, so I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't play in a Lions Test, but played for played seven Lions games on that tour. Won every one of them, and very proud to put that shirt on. And still got it. No, it's up at Newark Rugby Club. Newark Rugby and Rugby I've got nothing. It. I've not kept any of my shirts or anything like that. Have either. Well, they're either at Newark Rugby Club or they've gone to charity. That's uh, there's no what a no point having them at home stuck up. Who's going to see them at home? No, that's so that's, you know. So, but you have got 
um, a view of the new club house at newark haven't you because it's where your shirts are <laughs> residing yes but uh, yeah um, everybody said how fantastic it is but you're not 100 percent with it are you no uh, look I, I, and i want to put it right here tonight because i have criticized the 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 clubhouse i am not criticizing it as a building it's fantastic and we had a really good night uh, the other night with martin johnson being a speaker and, and, and the place was full what they've done is absolutely outstanding the, the changing rooms and the clubhouse, it, it is second to none. But I'm a bit old-fashioned and I like a rugby clubhouse to be homely and it and looks like it is it belongs to Newark Rugby Club. I want to see the history of what this club's all about. And it for me, it can be a building, it can be a room anywhere. Uh, there is some stuff about Newark. I'm not, it's not naked on the walls, but I, I would like it to be more 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 homely and that's what i've criticized it about because i think you know it it's new at rugby club that's what it's all about and you know I, mean, I can be critical again because we're now just putting out one team on a saturday so we've taken our fingers off the pulse of what what it's all about you know rugby that's what it's all about great all the kids on a on a sunday it's fantastic what they're doing there but as we know in this day and age when those when those then those boys and girls get to 18 they get off to university and then they, you lose them and um there's only very few come back so you know it, it, it is important to make sure that everything's right for the uh the, the older guys and, and that that the, the, the rugby clubs um going forward as a, as a rugby club I want to talk about life after playing rugby and what you're putting back into the sport um, over the last few years, both at Northampton and at Leicester. And I want to talk a bit more about um, about Newark and some of the youngsters um, after this quick break. Glyn Britton writes, brilliant fullback for England and Leicester, a true legend. Congratulations on a fantastic career, Dusty. And of course, we're now seeing his nephew, Will Britton, young Will Britton, as captain of Newark. Um, and that leads me on to a production line which probably started with your good self, but as at the moment the the one at the forefront is of course Johnny Law, whose youth rugby with Newark moved on to Leicester and is now pulling an England shirt on. But as you can tell us, there's an awful lot more as well. Yeah, well, look, Johnny Law played for England nineteens last Sunday. Uh, played well, scored a try. Um, you know, he's uh, he played from i think uh, he was from the minis i think um up, up here um you know he's got a he's been given a contract at leicester for next season and um you know it, it's always a big jump because you can never tell if, you, if you're going to make it after you know you're doing well you can play for england at, at an age group but that it's a big jump from from schoolboy age rugby to be uh, training with the with the seniors it's um and some some sink and some swim but you know johnny's got a bit of spirit about him uh typical scrum half he's a cocky little bugger and uh, he, 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 i think he i think he'll i think he'll be all right you've had two other two other local lads well local uh, um you've got jordan oliver fella who lived at coddington uh he's been involved at new york rugby club a long time he, uh, he was a twin brother with ryan uh, ryan's playing for england sevens at the present moment and he's now going to uh, Northampton uh, for next season, but they're they're two lads who've um, who were involved at New York Rugby Club, 
Um, and then there's, there's a prop called Joe Hayes who's played quite a, he's only 19 um, he, he, I only think I think he he was a late developer into the game so he only came to, to, to New York for sort of like two seasons and then um, he's, he's got involved um, he, uh, obviously he's got a, he's got his contract at uh, at, uh, at Leicester and he's played for England under 18s and England 20s so uh, yeah it's, 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 it's good w- it's wonderful that it is still a sport where you know you can start out playing in the minis at Newark and you can go all the way it can't happen in football anymore it doesn't happen in football anymore but it can still happen in rugby and I think that's absolutely wonderful I'm probably going to dread the next question but here we go girls and ladies rugby yeah, I'm all for it. To be fair, it, you know, I think it's great that the sport can, you know, you know, and, and in in some ways, the the girls and the, and the ladies are, are showing us the way because they're they they're interested, they're keen, and um, you know, it's uh, I think it's great for the game, and um, you know, that's you know, it, it's it, it's a plus for the for the, for the rugby, and you know, down at Newark, uh, we, as we've seen, we've uh, we've been had a successful successful time with our girls so uh, I, I think it's fantastic it would have been easy when you'd finished playing rugby to say okay that's it and move on to something completely different but you've actually spent now time a lot of time putting your knowledge and your skill back into rugby and and helping yeah. and and helping the youngsters you're at leicester at the moment you've been to northampton you're at leicester tell us a bit about the job well i played finished rugby in 89 i had a few years away um, I was lucky enough to be on the Barbarian Committee, um, so I, I had a nice little jolly with those on a few Saturdays, um, and then I became um, Director of Rugby at Nottingham. Um, that didn't quite work out, and then I was back at Leicester looking after the development team at the start of the professional era. The professional era started in '95, and then in 2000... Um, the, the club decided uh, to to start a, a full time uh, an academy. So we started from scratch in two thousand, and um, we've been going two years. And then, with the rugby union, decided to bring in fourteen professional academies in the country. So most of the of the Premiership sides were, were awarded a, uh, an academy uh, money from the RFU and. The strange, funniest thing was we had to be interviewed for our jobs that we were doing already, so it was hilarious. But so that's typical rugby union again. Get me going on the RFU. I come on another. I could come another on a, hour. I could do another hour on the RFU. Nine o'clock show. Um, so, um, so we, we, you know, two thousand and two, Leicester amongst all the other professional academies set, set up uh, going professional with the academies, and I, I worked. Um, uh, with the academy uh, until 2007 and then I became chief scout for Leicester Tigers and then in 2010 uh, Northampton came calling talk about loyalty um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they wanted me to head over the head the academy and also do recruitment at Northampton so it was a lot more work but obviously a lot more money so um, you know what do you do you you know i don't that's where i go about loyalty um you don't know where you you know who knows when you you know lester could sack you the next day you just don't know so you i, I took the job at uh, at 
at Northampton uh, until uh, last year, whenever what was last year, 2018, and um, I had a month off. I retired, and then I had a month off, and then I came back, and I'm back at Leicester now since, uh, yeah, so I've had a year and a bit back at Leicester. Uh, so that's my that's that's sort of that the short and sharp bit of, uh, of academy rugby. What? What, the worst thing about it was when I watched Northampton beat Leicester a few weeks ago. Half the side were the boys that I brought help them from. <laughs> D- doesn't help my livelihood at the present moment. How on earth have Leicester managed to get themselves into the mess that they are at the moment? On Friday night, there is a massive premiership game. Oh, um, enormous. A- a- absolutely enormous. And the loser of that game is in serious trouble. Well, it's, it, look, I think this season it's it's great because, you know, the, there are four or five sides could be going down. Well, one of them, or the four or five sides were, could be going down. And obviously, Leicester's at the, probably at the, the, worst, the worst playing form of anybody. So it's not the end of the world if they lose to Newcastle because they've got two home, they've got three games left, two at home, uh, one against Bristol, and one against Bath, which is on the last match of the of the, of the season. So there's still a possibility, uh, you know, what I'd call two home wins. But what what where the club is now is is it doesn't happen overnight. This is something that's happened over four or five years. It's come down to this. Um, you, you, you know, and it's all right hindsight. You never know what, you, you know, they've had one or two coaches. Uh, the players aren't probably playing good enough. They've perhaps bought, they've got players in the squad. They're a bit, probably too top heavy in the backs. And the, and like people know this, I'm not saying anything out of out of order because, you know, when England go away, we, we lose all the England backs. You know, we lose Ben Youngs. We lose... Um, George Ford, we lose Manu Tuolangi, we lose um, Johnny May, and now Wales have gone and taken uh, uh, Holmes, um, what's his name, uh, Josh, uh, Jonah Holmes. So we're, uh, you know, when you get a whole set of backs away, it uh, it, it hits you. You, you know, you you, it, you know you it's like. A, it's like if Man United or Liverpool, you know, suddenly um, the, the 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 midfield and the and the front front strikers weren't playing, and you brought in the reserves, you're not going to be you're not going to be as good. This is where I find it, it, it I find it difficult to understand coming from a football background that you're still expected to play while the internationals are on, and it, 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 it does create. Problems. We're running very short on time, and I must ask you one final question: I, I, grassroots <laughs> rugby. Southwell have got themselves relegated. Um, Newark are going to finish halfway. Um, that's local. Where do you see grassroots rugby going in the next five, ten years, both local and right? Well, in the bigger picture. Look, I'm obviously I'm working at the top level, and but I'm interested. Now I listen to, and again, this is the RFU. So we have these league programs. We have players, so so Newark seconds or whatever got going miles to play a game. Well, what's the point? There's enough rugby clubs locally to play rugby because that's what they're doing. It's all, all all you want them to do is playing playing rugby against local sides and enjoying the enjoying the afternoon. They don't need to be travelling two hours for a fixture. So I mean, like Lancashire Rugby Union, they they've 
they boycotted the rugby union and they've just got their own they've just they've they've rebelled and they've just got their own rugby union so all those clubs in lancashire just play against each other not playing in the whole of the northwest and uh, i just see that you know and I, league what do, what do we need league programs for second and third teams at rugby for you know just let the boys play rugby and enjoy it that's how i look at it you know i, I i'm sure people who play rugby i mean you get your first team needs to be serious and then the others need to be playing good competitive rugby and enjoying it we've got the nld haven't we so you've got bakewell going to to spalding and buxton going to sleaford it's a long old day well you know premiership size don't travel as far as that <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the whole point you know what what you know to get in a car to go to or a bus to those places two hours you then you know you've got to be there an hour and a half before the kickoff you have an hour and a half game and then you've got to have a half an hour for your food and straight out the clubhouse um and back back home two hours later well that's for an amateur sportsman i think that's a hey, look i if you're playing for the first team that's differently but playing for the seconds and thirds i don't think that's uh that's that valid at all i don't know what the the what other rugby people think about that i that's my viewpoint from from a distance and you know i you know i i you know go to the Sul newark match you know there must have been 600 people there yeah and 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 it's fantastic that's what local rugby should be about it should be about local feuds and and you know so you're playing your paviors you you're playing your west bridgefords you know it's literally it's half an hour to these grounds so they the supporters from both sets can be at the, whether it's home or away but they can be at, they can be at that game and, and, and that is me yeah it, I, I totally agree with you with the the, the authorities are, are ruining it because they're, <coughs> they're making it, the, the distances they're expecting people to travel and in this day and age people do not travel those well, distances no, because they've no, got other commitments well there's no real look if you want people to play <coughs> rugby union and but you don't want you know they've all got other things to be doing they don't want to be taking the whole day away i mean like if a dedicated first team player uh, or whatever i would like to think the first team players is more dedicated but the actual the bloke who's turning out for the new seconds and new thirds are playing it because they want to just get out there play a bit of rugby and enjoy the day it's fantastic dusty thank you for coming in thank you for talking about your life in rugby cricket and football and passing on a few wonderful opinions as, as well. <laughs> it's been great. It's been great for the fact that Tony sat there in the corner all night <laughs> and hardly said a word. You, it's one of those sitting at um, and just listening nights, isn't it, Tony? Look and learn. <laughs> Look and learn exactly, and and that's what it's all about. So uh, he's had to work hard all week, bless him. But uh, <laughs> Dusty, you'll come back and see us again sometime. I know you're yeah, a very busy man, but it, I will do. I'm not getting so busy now. So um, absolutely. Yeah pleasure if you if, um, if you've got a hole to fit in one day and you need somebody um, just ring me up sure we can do I that i can be very uh i can you know is it just let's just put the rfu and just, just be <laughs> an RFU night. from all of us this week enjoy your sport bye-bye we